welcome to Things to Know. I'm Luca, and on this show, we talk to the people who make the Thingdoms what it is. Today, we're talking to none other than Atlanta coffee shops. You've probably seen Atlanta coffee shops around the Thingdom or on one of their Twitter spaces that they host weekly for the community. You also may have found their blog where they write about coffee and interview all the different people in Atlanta that make the coffee space what it is. I hope you enjoy, and more importantly, I hope you learn something. Thanks for coming on today. Why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Who are you? Hi, everyone. Um, I go by Atlanta Coffee Shops. Uh, you can find me uh, using that handle on Discord, on Twitter, Instagram. Um, and so a little bit about me. Um, I'm, um, I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and um, I have been in the NFT space, I guess, maybe since April of 2021. And it's kind of, it's the, the whole NFT space is sort of new to me because I did not really get much into crypto and just wanted to uh, explore this new space after I saw um, maybe an inspiration from a couple of Instagram posts that I was following and a couple of photographers. So my background is like, I have a degree in um, quantitative finance and I work in finance by day. But I also have this, um, what I would call like a very creative side. So I use the right side of my brain for doing things like photography and writing and curation on the web. And so the NFT space is kind of interesting to me because it has the component of like, okay, hey, there's the analytical part where you can do trading of NFTs and quantifying like, you know, floors and, and average buy-ins buy and, and cost basis or whatever. But there's also the the art side of it, right? So you have to like the, the part about that I like is also like looking at something and, and clearly differentiating uh, a unique piece of art or a piece of like a, you know, profile picture. You see like, wow, this is really amazing. Who's the artist behind it? So it kind of combines like my interests in both the analytical and the creative. And so that's how I got into the NFT space. Um, but yeah. That's super <laughs> interesting. And I feel like a lot of people feel the same way about it kind of scratching that itch in both ways of the analytical and then also the art and the culture a little bit. Um, I want to jump to the creative side you talked about because you mentioned a bunch of things that you do writing photography. I want to talk a little bit about coffee because it's it's in the name. I feel like we have to get to it right off the bat. Absolutely. Tell me a little bit about what you do with coffee and how this came about. Yeah, so coffee... It's something that I, you know, it's it's a drink that I enjoy. I'm sure we all, you know, grab a coffee, cup of coffee in the morning. Um, and, uh, you know, my interest in coffee is sort of really, really broad. And what I mean by this is I'm interested in trying out different coffees, like from different regions of the world and also from different coffee shops. But my primary interest is actually a little bit beyond that. So Atlanta Coffee Shops, this project that I started in 2018, so going on four years almost, is basically kind of like, looking and trying to figure out what makes a coffee shop uh, unique uh, and what like what elements of it, be it from like maybe design components, the architecture, maybe the founder stories, like how did they get involved? Uh, and also sourcing sourcing of coffee, like what makes your coffee shop sort of like the, apart from somewhere else? So that to me, like this curation of interestingness is what I call it, is something that I've been doing for the last three plus years. And in Atlanta, um, you know, personally, I've visited about 120 coffee shops. So there's about 200 total if you if you count like all the shops that are 
inside the perimeter and outside the perimeter. So I still have some ways to go. It's an ongoing project is what I call it. Um, but my interest, yeah, it's, it's very, very broad. So I love coffee, but I also love the space, the ambience, telling the audience and the, the readership, you know, what makes the place unique, be it from, like I said, design, architecture components, or how they're sourcing coffee if they're a roadster, and also the founder stories, like why open a coffee shop, right? So I try to dig into that with the interviews that I conduct as part of the project. Yeah, I uh, I was looking at your website and clicked around through some of, of the posts you put out and the, the reviews that you put out, but review doesn't even really feel like the right word to use because they encompass so many different facets and, and things. Um, you take all the photography in them, the ones I read all at interviews with the owners. They're just very detailed and intricate breakdowns of, of these coffee spaces. It's really, really interesting. Um, and I think it's also interesting that it merges all those different artistic talents you talked about. So you work in quantitative finance on the side or on the side yeah. to the crypto stuff. Um, is that where you find out about crypto or do you find out about it somewhere else? Um, that's a good question. I think, you know, I always like, yeah, I work in finance, but it's traditional finance. So I have a good background in, you know, um, following the stock market and, and uh, you know, traditional finance, financial markets. But crypto is something that I've just been, you know, observant and like uh, over the last few years, I never actually bought into like Bitcoin or Ethereum until maybe uh, early last year. So I think maybe my my first exposure really to getting into crypto was following this blogger. His name is Packy McCormick. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he writes this really amazing blog called Not Boring. And in it, he wrote about in, in April of 2021, he's got like this amazing post about um, how the Web3 space is sort of merging what what is the best of Web2 and sort of like going into the direction of like, OK, what, what can we do as individuals um, um, sort of like bringing out the creativity in our side? So I'll maybe share this in the it's with you after the call or after this interview. But I've, I found his blog just really, really fascinating. And one of his posts was about uh, this cryptocurrency called Solana. And I was just finding it like, OK, is this something that potentially like this altcoin? Could this be something that I put a little bit of money in? And I did. Uh, it worked out a little bit. Uh, or it was doing kind of well in the, the second half of the year of 2021, but now it's kind of like that backpedaled a bit. So I would not say like, okay, put your eggs in one basket. But one thing that I've learned is also following like um, the advice of Fred Wilson, who's a venture capitalist in New York City, is that he's got his he's got this take on you know what should you do in terms of asset allocation if you if you have some you know money that you want to set aside. And his prime his primary thesis thesis in um, like in, in 2019, 2020, was that you should just put half of your savings into Bitcoin and half in Ethereum and call it a day. But since uh, early this year or late last year, he changed his mindset where he says like, okay, instead of doing that, allocate a portion of your um, capital to you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and maybe five to seven altcoins, Solana being one of them, and then also maybe just a few NFTs. And there's a post that he sort of like, where he explains why, like, because with these altcoins, you can get lucky and, and you know, if you invest maybe like $1,000 or whatever, it could potentially go 50x, 100x, right? And so that's a huge windfall on just not a small, like, on a fairly small kind of, like, investment. Yeah, there's um, there's almost, like, venture capital dynamics to it that you start to Absolutely. tap into, but at, like, a very easy-to-access scale and, and with a 
market that's made at all times. So it, it is attractive in that regard. Um, you get into crypto, you're playing around with all these ideas. You're trying to figure out how you're, you're going to set up your allocation. When did NFTs come into the picture and specifically, how do you find thingdoms? Yeah. Okay. So the, my first, I think like creation of a, of a, of a wallet on, on MetaMask was like in April of 2021. But I didn't get into I didn't get into NFTs at the time. I was just sort of like, okay, I created an account on OpenSea, and I was just observing, observing like what's going on, like who, what, what kinds of things are being traded. Reading a bunch of articles. My first NFT purchase was actually in September of 2021, which was like this really funny uh, NFT uh, called Apes of Space. It was a verified account on OpenSea. Uh, it was kind of like maybe an embarrassing thing to do because I, I had no idea anything about like rarity or like what to purchase. I just thought it looked cool and I wanted to spend like, you know, as an initial entry, less than like $300, right? I didn't want to get into something really expensive right away. And after that purchase, I was like, okay, here's my first NFT. Uh, I wanted to just say, okay, what do, what do I do with this next, right? And then for the next few months, I was just basically um, reading and, and following along some, some, I guess, I don't want to call them influencers, but let's say people who are prominent in the space that had some uh, good... Um, like basically feedback or maybe they posted about something and then I was like, okay, is this worth in getting into? And I think my next project that I got into was this uh, uh, NFT project called Party Degenerates. So PDs for short. And it, it was really hyped up. And what happened was like, it was a Dodge auction. And I think I got in it like right, at, right as the uh, sellout was occurring at 0.5 ETH. Um, and unfortunately that project sort of like lagged behind. I think the art was sort of lackluster and turned a lot of people off. But you know, what they were trying to do is, or they're still trying to do is essentially bring real life utility to this project. And then after, after this, this project sort of like didn't work out or, you know, I kind of like set on unrealized losses. I was like, okay, I'm just going to be really careful of what I get into next. And I'm just going to keep reading and, and just sort of following this NFT space and then decide, okay, what do I want to get into? And so in early December, um, I stumbled upon Thingdoms through the Medium article that I found. I can't remember the exact link I followed, but I certainly was on the website exploring things and thingdoms. And then I followed, followed um, the website to the Medium post. And I really just resonated with the message, like the, a community of communities. I read through the bios of the artist Luke, Luke um, uh, as well as uh, uh, Owen, the blockchain engineer. And I've also, what I really found it interesting to, was the, the side of like um, uh, pr Professor Scott's um, puzzle puzzles that he's sort of integrating in the thingdoms community and i sort of followed him along and i thought okay wait a minute this this team is like really really well formed like okay they have people who from the art side they have people from the engineering side they have people from you know the let's say let's say like analytical puzzles side and plus when i joined i think i you know also was fascinated with the uh, the radio station like the 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 um thing fm and to me, that was quite fascinating because when I got on the dance floor over there, I noticed like people were really, really friendly and casual and nobody was like really complaining or talking about the floor. You know, as we know, the only floor is the dance floor. And that to me like stood out, like kind of like this chill attitude and not like people just being really aggressive and toxic, which I found in some of the discourse that I joined, like I, I'm just, it was like an immediate turnoff. Like, hey, you can, you know, the more time you spend in the space, the more you become aware of like what's a what's a good community and what's something that you should probably stay away from and i got like really just amazing amazing vibes from thingdoms and the more i interacted the the more i became like you know 
convinced that, hey, this is a project that I want to get big into, you know, like, okay, rather than being in, you know, 20 different projects, I just want it to be in just a few projects, but make a, but build a larger position in the ones that I'm in. And Thingdoms was my first like major, major entry into the NFT space. Yeah. I mean, in terms of, of the community that you're talking about, I feel like you play a very pivotal role in that community um, in two major ways. The first one that I want to talk about is the, the weekly kind of spaces that you help run and, and host mm -hmm. um, with Shay uh, and with Litmus Paper. Can you tell me a little bit about why you wanted to do that, what your goals behind it are, and kind of where you see it going? Yeah, so I think I think the spaces began either late December or early January. They were more like spontaneous. Uh, I, I have been on Twitter for a while. I think I may be one of the earliest users of Twitter. I think I joined in 2008, like, like from my personal account. Uh, and then in, two, in 2021, I joined uh, Clubhouse, and I thought, okay, that could be potentially a, um, a model that takes off. And it didn't, unfortunately. But Twitter spaces have just really resonated with me. It's like, okay how do you bring a voice to a space and sort of bring a community into, you know, a place where, you know, it's more than just an exchange of messages, like, which is what Discord is, right? And yeah, you can have fun, but I think the real authenticity and real value comes in when you can like sort of bring, uh, bring a voice to the avatar, if you will, right? Um, so I think I hosted a couple of just random spontaneous spaces on my own. I just asked on the Discord, hey, this, is anybody interested in doing this? Like, one of the sessions we had was based on like one of the early January pumps that we had. It was like a celebratory kind of uh, space. Um, and then I was also, you know, kind of coming in from a, from a, a, a view of like, hey, I want to also kind of like not just get to know the community, but I also want to help the community, right? Like, so trying to, you know, provide some actionable advice on things people can do in terms of like uh, things they can, like things they can, due to precaution against like hacks or, you know, scams or, or things of that, like what, what things should be, what people should be watching out for. And then um, I think Shay, Shay had the idea to sort of pitch this, or I think actually it was Luke that came and messaged me and he said like, hey, I really like what you're doing with the spaces. Can we make it more formal? Like, can we actually put it on the, on the, on the you know, Thingdom's event calendar? And I was really receptive to that because yeah, we, you know, uh, Luke and Owen have their own space, but it would be really cool to have one that's not dictated by the founders, right? It's just a community-led space. Sure, we'll take suggestions on what topics we want to cover, um, and which which we do, and just let us basically he just let us uh, run with it. And so I really appreciate you know Shay and Litmus co-hosting with me, and hopefully you know people have found the spaces to be interesting, insightful, um, and maybe they've even learned something from it too. But it's also like fun. Like we also you know like when like the other day when. <laughs> Uh, there was a, a thing on the floor that was like really valuable. It was really cool to just, you know, get in there and like see a, a, a play by play as somebody was sniping a thing on the floor. Right. So I love the, the spontaneity of it. I, but I also love, you know, you, the topics that we cover that are sort of like, you know, coming coming from the community. Yeah, this is um, going to be old by the time this broadcast. But the specific snipe, if I remember correctly, that we're talking about. Uh, is Shay buying a cream team double halo with wings, if I'm correct, off the floor after telling everyone only seconds before that it was in fact on the floor. Um, we're not going to forget that one. But yeah. yeah, these spaces are absolutely incredible. They're so much fun. Um, and just getting to hear from the community and, and talk with the community about Thingdoms, but about everything else in the crypto space in the world in general uh, is just 
great. So thank you for hosting them. And that leads to the second thing that I, I think you have done an incredible job of, and you talked about this a little bit, is kind of the education around security and helping onboard people um, and, and helping people stay safe in the crypto world. I feel like you always are one of the first people that kind of has a voice on on new things that are happening. And you always have a very good take on it and present information in a fair way. How did you build up kind of the, the base knowledge to understand these problems? But then also, how do you just stay up to date on it? Right. That's a great question, Luca. Um, I would say, you know, it's like, you know, I mentioned the word curation, right? And so Twitter is amazing in the sense that if you follow the right accounts, things will start surfacing your way that are sort of like, wow, you know, I should be paying attention to this person. They're, they're actually providing me real valuable information. So I would say like, you know, I follow a certain group of accounts that just basically continually surface things that I found, find interesting, but also that I think I will find interesting in the future because the, from what, from my experience, like what they've surfaced so far, has just been something that I find, um, you know, just pivotal to my own independent learning, but I also would find that, you know, if people follow these accounts, they would also learn. So it's, it's, an, it's like a, what I say curation is like, if you, if you follow a, a, you know, a good set of accounts or not good, but let's say trustworthy and accounts that sort of bring a lot of signal rather than noise, right. Then you'll sort of, it'll come, it'll come to you. And so I try to sort of, you know, leverage that from my own independent, because I, because I'm not actually, you know, personally publishing things that are like novel or unique, right? I'm just basically digesting all this information and then sort of like rehashing it in, in my own kind of like interpretation, right? But all of my interpretations are, or I would hope so, are based on like what I've read and it's it combines multiple multiple views, right? So whenever somebody asks me like, what's the best strategy to do? Like, how do you store a seed phrase, right? Well, I say like, well, one strategy to use is so-and-so and, and that may be optimal for you in this particular circumstance, right? But if you have another circumstance, then this is perhaps more optimal to do instead. Um, so I try to like, I, I try to be mindful of, you know, people's uh, circumstances are, are, can be vastly different, right? And like what, what works for somebody may not work for somebody else. So when I, when I answer the, when I answer the questions, I say like, well, personally, here's what I do, but this may not, this may not be applicable to you because maybe you have a, a larger portfolio you're working with, or maybe, maybe flexibility is more important to you than security, for example, right? In which case, you know, perhaps you have more, like maybe you do more things on the soft wallet than, than a hardware wallet. Um, so the, you know, to tie it back together, it's like, okay, I I'm just, I'm here just to like, sort of, um, like share, share knowledge, but it's, it's, it's all dependent on like what I observe and what I consider like myself, I consider myself sort of like this, I don't want to call myself a sponge, but I just love learning. And I just love following accounts that sort of bring, bring like a sense, like a lot of value to me. And then I just try to share what I've learned with the community. And so hopefully people find it helpful. Yeah. I mean, I know personally I have, um, and I'm sure tons of other people in the community have found a ton of value in, in what you do. I know part of that entire conversation was that there's no one size fits all kind of solution. Um, but I'm about to go entirely against the grain with that. <laughs> what are your three biggest general safety tips that you would tell someone new to the space? Yes. Okay. Okay. We all, we all know the, the most common one is if you're in, in discord, right? Do not, uh, respond to DMS because they're 99%, maybe even a hundred percent of them. If they're unsolicited, they're spam. So there's a, there's a feature in discord where you can just automatically, if you join it, if you, if you just set the, do not accept, uh, 
messages from joining new servers, just set that to to on, like basically, so you'll never get DMs. So that's safety feature number one, I would say, or safety tip number one. Um, the second tip is, I would say like, okay, yeah, the second tip is, okay, what do you do with a soft wallet versus a hardware wallet, like a ledger or a Trezor? Um, so I personally am using a ledger and I would say my, my take on this is, you know, have, have a soft wallet where you, um, do, do day trading and, and maybe contain that has like a certain number of your valuable assets, but most of your portfolio or that, that you value should be in, in a ledger and pre preferably in this, this may, people may disagree with this, preferably it's one where you don't connect to other sites and don't interact with, you know, connecting to other websites or set, uh, allowing permissions. This one, I'm kind of like still exploring. It's my, my view is not fully formed on this in the sense that I have connected and minted, for example, from the ledger, but perhaps that is not advisable if you really truly want it to be a vault. Um, but my third piece of advice is like how to sort of, and this is, this, kind of, this is more broad and perhaps people will sort of look at me funny when I say this, but just sort of like, how do you recognize what is potentially, like you, you come across a project, how do you sort of recognize, hey, is this project legitimate or is this potentially a scam, right? And this is something that is not, that there's no one tip. The only thing I can say is that you just have to do your own independent research and sort of, and sort of sense like, okay, what, how, how big of a Twitter following does it have? Does it look organic? Go to the website. Do you see same, same tired like uh, you know, FAQs on the website? Do you see sort of like um, undoxed followers listed? All of like if you, if you start making those kinds of impressions, and you, you you have to follow maybe like let's say you 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 come across like fifty to hundred projects after the after you've sort of observed like what has been a rug or what has been a scandal or what has pulled on or you know what what people have gotten away with, you begin to recognize what are the legitimate projects. And so my tip here is just sort of like you know, don't, don't be dismissive and of any particular project, but just observe like how they're interacting with their users, how the website is built. And then you sort of bit you. So over time you build like what I call observational prowess, right? You become really observant and, and discerning and, and, and you can quickly say like, Hey, this looks really fishy to me. There's all these red flags and I can tell you immediately stay away from this project versus like, wait a minute, the, 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 these red flags are not off for me, but I'm going to explore it further to see like, Hey, what's the legitimacy? in pursuing this project because I'm going to potentially invest in it. So this, this idea of like just becoming an observer is what I say, like, this is my tip. And this is something I practice myself. And hopefully, you know, if people have questions, I can sort of follow up on like, what do you actually look for? It's not something that I can say, like, do this or do that. It's something that just comes with experience and just observation. Yeah. I, uh, I think those are great tips. Let's zoom out a little bit 10 years from now. What do you hope has been developed? Where do you hope we go with NFTs or crypto in general? Ooh. Anything that you see down the road that you you want to highlight or talk about? Yeah, I I, I don't know. Like you know, I I try not to think too much into the future because like you know, with this NFT space, with with so much, so many changes, so many so many things in the news cycle daily that it's it's very hard to keep track of like what's going to happen next month. I you know, like I kind of come in from an analytical side where you know, the way I look at NFTs is it's completely new. And I sort of take take a really cautionary take in, in the sense that I think that perhaps like 99% of the projects will potentially go to zero and we'll have a completely, uh, you know, demolished kind of state. And maybe the ones that survive will, will have done something that hasn't been done yet. And it's going to be completely new and maybe tying to like, 
something in the Web3 space. I think one thing that I want to, that I'm kind of curious about is that how do you sort of connect um, the best elements of Web2, so the centralized platforms, to the Web3? So like this, this element of like curation, like for example, if NFT marketplace is coming to Coinbase, right? My take is Coinbase should not try to alienate their potential user base by essentially allowing everyone to jump on, like any NFT project to be there, right? I'd want to perhaps see a curated set where people can be like, you know, kind of guarded at least like, hey, the projects that are on the platform are, you know, they're risky, but the, you know, they're not going to be a rug pull perhaps, right? And so like this curation that you have or a vetting process that's the best of Web2 integrated into Web3. That's kind of like what I hope for that we see. And as far as like formal formal regulation, I, I mean, there, there's there's pros, pros and cons to it. I know a lot of people in the space will be like, no, let people you know, decide for themselves, let people sort of like, um, like if, if you lose money, like, okay, it's on you. Like you made the mistake, right? And there's no, there's no recourse. I, I'm of the view that, you know, some regulation is good. So perhaps, you know, I don't know how this would, how this would actually play out, but similar to how, you know, if you have gains that you have to report on crypto, you still, you know, fill out, you know, your, your tax returns, right? So some kind of, some kind of way of um, potentially regulating the NFT space. I'm not saying, you know, that's something that I'm, perhaps vouching for, right? But I think maybe maybe some some way of sort of like allowing newcomers to come and not get completely burned immediately will be helpful. Uh, and then in terms of long-term views on crypto, I don't know, I think my, my view is always to be like, hey, try to diversify as much as you can, like, you know, be in, be in stocks, be in bonds, get into, some, get into some crypto, get perhaps some exposure to NFTs. And, and then if there's any other kind of asset class that comes out in the future, like explore that with due diligence and you know, hopefully it works out. I hope you enjoyed that interview. If you'd like to connect with Atlanta Coffee Shops, you can find them on Twitter at ATL Coffee NFT. And if you'd like to connect with me, you can also find me on Twitter at It's Luca WM. I'd like to extend a huge thank you to Atlanta Coffee Shops, not just for joining me today, but for everything they do for the community. You really do add so much to this space. And as always, thank you to this entire community. None of this is possible without you. If you know someone that should be featured on this show, send me a DM on Twitter or Discord. I'd love to hear your perspective. Stay thingy, do good things, and I'll see you next week.